0: Welcome to this episode of the Here and Now podcast. My name is Dave Mons, I'm a student of psychology and philosophy and a professional pilot. My aim is to share big ideas from science and the humanities to get you thinking and to help you make sense of the world. Firstly, apologies for the poor sound quality in this episode. I've recorded it while on the road, but rest assured the next one will be back to the usual format. I began writing this episode several months ago, in a pre-COVID time. The first sentence read, I travel a lot. And a lot has changed since I wrote those words, obviously. Now, I do still travel, but at least for now, I don't travel as much. But aside from that small technicality, Much of what I wrote then, I still agree with. This episode is something of a metaphor for life. We covered a lot of heavy ground last month. It was the most successful month yet in terms of downloads, but it's important to me that the podcast strikes a balance between challenging concepts from philosophy and psychology and the inner stories we use to be in the world. Knowing some of the whys can help us make sense of the world, but it's also important to know ourselves. Professor of Criminology Bruce Arigo describes in Colorful Prose how we live as a society of captives Where differences are reduced and repressed by fear of the other and through institutional mechanisms which instruct and uphold such social dysfunctions Now this is a topic for further exploration, but for now in this episode, I want to reflect inwardly We know the context as an individual among society, which acts upon us in myriad seen and unseen ways. But before we become the us out there, we are the us in here. So think of this as lying under the covers, preparing to take on the world again, whenever that may be. I travel a lot. So much so that I often refer to myself as a professional traveller. I'm sure many of you are the same. And as a result... I have a range of suitcases for every type and length of trip. I pride myself on my packing. If I'm going overnight, then I might take a duffel or a backpack. In my duffel, I'll take a change of clothes and my carry-on toiletries, which don't often include body wash and shampoo, as I'll use the ones at the hotel. I'll just take my mini toothpaste, and mini deodorant, a razor, and my toothbrush. I'll pack some gym gear, my laptop charger, and I'm pretty much all set. In my backpack, I'd carry, say, a laptop iPad, bunch of charging cables, spare battery pack, my Bluetooth earbuds. There's also a bunch of random stuff, a small packet of tissues, some mints, a pen, some painkillers, and a few important documents. That's about it. When I travel for a few days though, and the climate is relatively warm, I'll take my carry-on bag, which has all of the above, plus a few extra sets of clothes, about 20% more socks and undies than I expect I'll need, and a good shirt in case I go out which is unlikely, but it pays to be prepared. And of course, a change of footwear. Now, if I'm going away for a week, or if I'm going somewhere cold, I'll take a larger bag, and that will include warm clothes, a jersey, a jacket or two, gloves, hat, more socks, more undies. If I'm going somewhere where I expect to do a bit of shopping, I'll take my duffel as well, so I have a bit of extra space for the return journey. Fascinating stuff, right? Now, I've discussed packing with a few colleagues over the years, and one conversation stands out. A fellow professional traveller had a relatively small carry-on bag and a laptop bag. And when I commented one day on how light he seemed to travel, he replied that he always takes the same things with him whether he's going for a week or a month. He has one packing regime. That's it. Another person I travelled with regularly had an enormous bag for even the shortest of trips. I never mentioned it, but I always wondered what the heck he had in there, and was that a dripping tap from a kitchen sink I could hear? And when travelling with my wife once, we'd arrived at our hotel and she opened her bag which was full to bursting before we'd even done any shopping and I noticed her huge hairdryer from home. We were fortunate to be staying in quite a nice hotel which had a hairdryer and I could have told her that had I known that she'd packed it, so she'd lugged that beast with her halfway around the world for no good reason. I use the same bag for most of my trips and in the bottom there's always a few items which I pretty much never use. There's that good shirt for just in case a pair of socks that I never wear, a pack of cards I've never used, a plastic bag, a travel knife, fork and spoon set, and that does actually come in handy, and a spare set of shoelaces. Spare shoelaces? Now these items have been around and around the world with me, always waiting, just in case. Ever since that one time I broke a shoelace, and I vowed never to be caught short again. One is none, and two is one, as the special forces say. Now, while I might tell myself I'm just being prepared, What is the true cost of this excess baggage, these random things I've built up over time that are really just weighing me down? You know, this reminds me of something. It's an analogy for life and for relationships. It's our emotional baggage, our thoughts, our past experiences, and our anxieties about the future. Let me explain. As we age and grow, we accumulate experiences. They become our memories These may be episodic, relating to specific events, or they may be archival, the things we never forget, like our language. Our episodic memories shape our character and personality as they are inextricably entwined with our emotions. When we think back to an occasion when we felt joy, we remember images of that occasion and we associate them with the positive emotions we felt at the time. I have a fond memory of the day I first saw the airplane I would be flying for my first flying job. I remember how it was positioned on the tarmac and the emotions I felt, the potential of that moment, the possibilities that lay before me. Emotions of excitement tinged with fear and uncertainty. I knew at the time that I would remember that moment for the rest of my life. I remember feeling overwhelmed. My dream had come true and I was thrilled. I also have memories that are not so good, memories that I would rather not remember. We all do. Often these shape us far more than the positive experiences we encounter throughout our lives, particularly those from our childhood. Much of who we are today, our foibles, the traits and characteristics that we hardly notice in ourselves, yet which pulse like beacons to others, we are blissfully unaware of. Yet they influence us in myriad ways. Fears and insecurities are burdened to us at a young age and they may lead to overcompensatory responses in later life, as Alfred Adler theorised. Bullies, traumas and fear formed us in those early years, leaving behind traces of their presence which line the suitcases of our minds. They rattle around, unnoticed for the most part, unless we unpack them and hold them up to the light. When you meet someone for the first time, you have with you a bag. In it are certainly a few essentials which you don't leave home without. These are the core aspects of your personality. They primarily reflect how you perceive yourself. The persona you extract from your bag is probably defined in large part by your profession, but it could also be by a hobby or a passion, a sport or all of the other things that are the focal points of your life. As Shakespeare once wrote, all the world's a stage, and you are the main character in your play but beyond those subcultural aspects that make you you are those formative experiences and repressed memories but do you need them all with you all of the time when i get to know someone a little better my overnight bag becomes my regular travel bag i have a bit more with me a few more changes of clothes that alter my appearance to you You see me with a bit more depth as I reveal more of myself to you. Those memories which have shaped me begin to emerge in the decisions I make with you, my behaviour, the stories I tell, and how I respond in certain situations. It's easy to see where this is going. At some point, maybe, as there is no guarantee that I will, I open my largest suitcase and spill out its contents. I know that once I've opened it, I'll never be able to repack it properly and close it again. But there's good news. Hopefully when I do that, you will too, and we can both leave those heavy suitcases behind and get back to our essentials. Everyone has differently sized suitcases they use for different occasions. Some of us like to be prepared, or at least that's their excuse for packing way too much. Even though they know it's unlikely that they'll need that fifth pair of shoes or second coat, or the shoelaces, you just never know. They have to be prepared for everything. Really though, they can cope without a lot of that stuff. And as I tell myself when I'm agonising over what to pack, as long as I have my essentials, I can pick up anything else I might need along the way. Life is a bit like that. We need to remind ourselves to keep our load light, to leave the heavy suitcase or the duffel behind, and to unpack and repack that overnight bag regularly to make sure that what we have in there Is really what we need. If you're carrying something with you that you haven't used in a while, get rid of it. Lighten the load. It is obviously far easier to empty a bag and examine its contents when you repack it than to unpack what's in your mind. But it doesn't have to be done in an hour, a day, or even a year. But when you unzip the bag that is your mind, you are making a start. Packed tightly down the bottom are some old memories or perceptions that are weighing you down, but that you haven't used for any useful purpose in, well, in forever. Rattling around in a side pocket is a part of you that you think is you, a fear or an insecurity, something that is holding you back. Take it out, examine it, acknowledge it for what it is, then set it aside and zip that pocket up, knowing that it contains only the things you need. What are those things then? Some people live a life where they can get called to go somewhere at a moment's notice. These people have a, a go bag, or maybe they call it a grab bag, a pre-packed bag of essentials that is always ready to go. They don't rush around looking for the toothbrush, deodorant, or their charges. They have a second set already packed in their grab bag, ready and waiting. When they get home, they carefully repack their grab bag so as to be ready for the next call. Think of your mind and your life in the same way. Check what is in your go bag. When you meet someone, what are you unpacking? Is the persona that you present really who you are? And who is that person anyway? There are no easy answers to these questions. But I think it's important to ask them. Taking a moment to reflect inward is at least a starting point. Over the course of your life, you have built up a sense of yourself and some of it maybe even most of it, may not be real or true. We hide our weaknesses, overcompensate for them, or act in ways we think will make us attractive and charismatic to others. We let others' perceptions dictate to us who we should be, or worse still, our perceptions of their perceptions, which we can never know or even understand, for others' perceptions are marred in their own struggles and insecurities. Truly, Who cares what others think? If we are not careful, reflective, mindful, then our grab bag is not packed with essentials, but is full of superfluous items which we don't need. False beliefs, flawed thought processes, insecurities, misjudgments, fears and worries. These things are there, but they should be in a dresser drawer, not in your overnight bag or even your suitcase. You don't need to take them with you everywhere you go. And sometime, maybe next time you move house or when the seasons change, unpack that bottom drawer too and work through its contents. Don't let those fears weigh you down as you go through daily life. I confessed to someone once that I find it hard when people ask me how I am, when I'm not feeling that good. I've never been one for small talk. I prefer to get to the heart of the conversation without the waffle and pleasantries but that is not really socially acceptable a lot of the time. Hi, nice day, isn't it? What are your thoughts on antinatalism? But if I always told the truth when someone asked me that most common and mundane of questions, how are you, they would be uncomfortable and perhaps embarrassed. It's a ritual we perform. We greet. You ask me how I am, although you probably don't really care. I say good thanks, even though I'm probably not, and we move on. I didn't like the feeling of going through the motions and lying. But I couldn't see a way to be both honest and to maintain that social convention. My friend said to me, well, you can be honest. And I thought about that. How could I respond appropriately while still being honest? I could say, not the best day, but tomorrow is a fresh start, or something to that effect. I liked it. Yeah, I could be a little bit honest without breaking that unwritten social contract. Then I met others who seemed to struggle with the same problem. I'd ask them, in that automatic way, Hi, how are you? And they'd look at me, wincing at the question, trying to muster the strength to utter a bullshit, equally automatic response. But then they'd just be honest. They'd say, pretty shite, but I'm getting there. Then recently, I saw that an old friend was faced with an extended period of lockdown. She was anxious and upset about it, as were many, many others and she spoke openly and honestly about how she felt and how she anticipated that she was going to feel. She said, I won't be trying to find the positive in every day. I can't do that. I want to be honest. During my last isolation, there were many tears, and I want to acknowledge the true emotions of this time. Yes, honesty. Someone was not afraid to admit how they were really feeling. She was doing it for herself, but... In so doing, I don't think she realized how powerful the message was that she was sending. We can all unpack our emotions, clear them out, confront them and accept them. We can share them honestly and live on regardless. There should be no shame in that, no breach of the social contract that governs acceptable behavior. So in my emotional grab bag, I try to keep a bit of honesty. I try to be true to myself and genuine and authentic with the people I interact with. In my grab bag, I also keep my values. These I take everywhere with me. I keep them close. Perhaps they should be in a locket around my neck. They are not words that I say or stories and narratives that I tell about myself. They are the underlying beliefs I have about how I should behave and how I expect others to. They are actions, not words. They may not be correct. They can't be because they are a social construction. my construction that integrated with my culture and experiences which is but one worldview of many but I keep them close for two reasons one is that I need them to guide how I should be in the world they are my moral compass but I also keep them close so I can make sure they are relevant as I experience the world through interactions I can compare and contrast my values with others I come across sometimes I may need to discard or update certain ideas I have that have become outdated or misshapen from being folded up in my bag for too long. When I get home and I unpack and repack my grab bag, I may want to spruce those values up a bit. When things stay the same, they atrophy, they date, they get left behind by the flow of time. Values are important, the most important thing we have, but they should not remain fixed and set in stone, unquestioned. Like theories in science, they can always be proven wrong, or proven insufficient to determine behaviour in a given situation. If we hadn't collectively updated our values, the world would be as horrible today as it was towards, say, gay people in the 80s, or black people in the 50s, or Jews in the 30s and 40s. Yes, this is a massive oversimplification, but my point, I hope, is clear. Keep your values close, because they inform and guide you, but also because we can't let them grow stale. A suitcase can come in all shapes and sizes, but most of the time, we don't need that much to get by. We have a lot of emotions, values and personality traits within us, but we don't need them all, and certainly not all the time. When we pack just the essentials, we remain light and nimble, ready for anything. We can quickly sort and repack our bag when we need to, and we know that we can always pick up new experiences to add to our bag along the way. So take the time to reflect. What sort of suitcase do you carry with you, and what have you got in there? Maybe it's time to lighten the load, pack a grab bag, and take on life with just the essentials. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Here and Now podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the Here and Now podcast or Twitter at Here Now podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to keep up to date with all of the latest episodes. And if you want to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon or leave a review at the Apple Podcasts app. You can reach out to me via the pages or email Now at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.